Thanks for tuning in to this message. My name is Jared Piney. I'm the online pastor here at Pathway, and I'm here with one of our worship directors and online hosts, Maddie Seitz. We hope this message is a valuable resource to you and helps you grow deeper in your faith. If you consider yourself a Christian and this message blesses you, I hope you'd consider giving back to us at Pathway so we can continue connecting all people to Jesus and helping them become his fully devoted followers. Learn more at pathwaychurch.com forward slash giving. And if you decide to take a step in your faith after the message today, simply visit pathwaychurch.com forward slash next so we can help provide you with resources and partner with you in this journey. Well, welcome Pathway family at all of our locations. Those of you who are watching online to the second week of our series, Chasing Purpose. And this week as I was thinking about our series, I started thinking about the Disney animated movie, Toy Story. And if you remember in the movie Toy Story, there are two uh, primary characters. There's Buzz Lightyear and there's Woody. And Buzz Lightyear is like this toy astronaut and Woody is this little toy cowboy. And one day in the movie, Woody uh, confronts Buzz and tells him that he is just an action figure and that he's not a real space hero, that he's just a child's plaything. And soon after that, Buzz had a failed attempt to fly. And in that moment, after his failure, he realizes the truth of Woody's statement. So Buzz is just grief-stricken. And he's disillusioned, really, about his life. And he hangs his head, and in resignation he says, I'm just a little, stupid, insignificant toy. But when Buddy, or Woody rather, sees Buzz really struggling after this failed flight, he he walks over to him. and, And he says, you must not be thinking clearly. Look over there at that house. There's a kid who thinks you're the greatest, and it's not because you're a space hero. It's because you're his. And just then, Buzz, he lifts his foot, and he sees this label that's fixed to the bottom of his little shoe, and in permanent blank ink is the name of the little boy to whom he belongs to. And when he sees that name, name, he just breaks out into this huge smile. You know, the same is true for you and me. We belong. We belong to someone. And the person that we belong to is Jesus. We belong to him. And man, that's just so foundational to everything else in our lives. It's huge. 
But what I want to ask you, though, have you ever felt like Buzz, though? Have you ever felt like in your failure or your emptiness that your life doesn't have any meaning or purpose? Maybe you felt that way after you chased after the approval of one of your parents, but you never felt like you got it. Maybe you felt that way after you chased after that next promotion, but it never came through. Or maybe you felt that way after you chased after a goal, but after you achieved it, it didn't feel you like it thought it would. You see, the truth is, you felt that way because you weren't living really according to the purpose for which you were created. Well, I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul says in in Ephesians chapter 1 that I really believe can give us some direction in terms of living really according to the purpose for which God made us. Look what it says there. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. And I want us to stop right there because to me that verse underscores that we belong once again to God. That that were chosen. Before God even created the universe, he, he, he loved us and he chose us. So think about that. Think about that for a moment. He made the universe so that he could make the earth, so that he could make the human race, so that he could make you and me. I mean, if God hadn't wanted to love you and me, all that other stuff wouldn't have happened. It would not have happened. And to me, That's incredible if you just let that sink in for a moment. All that other stuff would not have happened if God didn't want to love us and to be able to have a relationship with us. Then listen to what the verse goes on to say. It says, he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So the key thing I want you to see today that is really kind of foundational, everything else that we're going to do in this series is that we were created to be loved by God and be a part of his family. I mean, did you get that? We are created to be loved by God and to be part of his family. That's our first purpose. So I want you to to let that sink in for a moment. I want you to kind of, to really kind of wrap your head around it for a moment. Your first purpose in life is not to serve God. It's not to trust God. It's not to obey God. Your first purpose in life is not even to love God. No, your first purpose in life is to let God love you and for you to be able to become part of his family. It's about receiving something. And to me, this is huge. And most people really never get this. And to me, it saddens me because it's so foundational and it's really so transformational. And it's really the key that unlocks so much good that God wants to pour down in our life through the person of Jesus Christ. It's what he wants to unlock when Jesus said to us, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So the first thing you were created to do was to let God love you and for you to be able to become part of his family. And as I thought about this truth this week, I, I, I really kind of resonated with it. You know, this last Tuesday was actually my, my birthday. And as I sat there Tuesday morning, I got several texts from my kids, all of them underscoring how old they thought I was. <laughs> I mean, they dogpiled me on that big time. But there's also always kind of a little bit of love that was kind of dribbled in there, kind of like this one I got from my son Josh. Happy birthday, old man. Thank you for being a great father to look up to. Enjoy your day. And so as I sat there and I read those texts that morning, 
I started thinking about how much I enjoyed and I loved my family. You see, Chris and I didn't have kids so, so that they could serve us or do something for us. No, we wanted to have kids so that we could love them and be with them. And, and there's something mystically wonderful that happens, isn't it, when we're together with our families? I know it is for in our family. We love being with our kids. And then they don't have to do anything special. They don't have to say anything special. We just love them, and we love being with them. And the reason why that is is because that's where we're created to live. It's wired into our DNA to be a part of the family. God designed us to be loved by him and to be a part of his family. That's the way God wove it into our very beings. Now, the wonderful thing about being a part of God's family is that there's some incredible benefits that go along with it. And the first one I want you to see is in the next chapter of Ephesians where it says this. In him... Jesus, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So together, we form the family of God. We form the temple of God. Well, well what is the temple of God? Well, it's a community of interconnected people in a physical building, uh, 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 a disconnected frame, it really has no support. It has no stability. But if it's connected together, I mean, it creates a great stability. You see, the truth is we all need stability. We all need to be connected together as God's temple. We need the stability and support. So really the first benefit of being a part of God's family is we were, when, when we are connected to God's family, we are supported by others. You know, one of the things that uh, my kids loved to play with when they were younger was Legos. They loved to play with Legos. And we had Legos all over the place at our house. And when I think of Legos, I think about them having two purposes, and these are not in order. But the first purpose, or the first thing I thought about as a purpose for a Lego is, a Lego is a tool that causes parents to cuss in the middle of the night when they step on them because their parents never pick them up. So that, that's a purpose. But really, the, the larger purpose or the intended purpose of, of a Lego is actually more important. And, and they're designed, what do you think, to connect. If you don't connect a Lego with another Lego, I mean, these things are worthless. But if you connect Legos together, they make some things that are incredibly amazing. I mean, they make amazing things when Legos are connected together, they form, and they begin to function and do some amazing things. And that's exactly the way it is with the body of Christ. We are intended to connect together. And as we connect together, amazing, incredible things happen as we fit together and connect together in the body of Christ. And to me, that's so incredibly powerful. You see, as a child of God in his family, you were meant to connect. You were designed to connect with your spiritual family. And you were meant to not just be in the family of God, but in the temple of God, in a place, at least at some point in time, where you can connect with other people. Why is that such a big deal? Why is that so important for you and me to be connected and have support? Well, the number one epidemic in our society, I believe right now, is not the COVID epidemic that's going on. The number one epidemic in our society, I believe, is the loneliness epidemic. You know, Mother Teresa once said, 
The most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. And, and as somebody who talks to hundreds, if not thousands of people, there are a lot of lonely people out there in the world. They feel alone. They feel disconnected. You know, it's interesting, one of the key factors that's impacting relations right, relationships right now is social media. Uh, social media has obviously some great positives, but it also has some huge negatives. Uh, a recent article I read said this, social media is creating an epidemic of deferred loneliness. An epidemic of deferred loneliness. Well, what is that? Well, the way deferred loneliness works is kind of like this. You feel a little bit lonely, and so you post something on Facebook or on Instagram, and then generally speaking, you almost get immediate feedback. I mean, someone likes your post, and that kind of lets you know that someone's kind of thinking about you. But the problem is you, you know internally how little it really takes to double clip on a picture on Instagram and just keep on scrolling by. And so in the end, it doesn't alleviate or eliminate any of the loneliness that you feel. It just defers it. But you see, in the family of God, though, it can be so different. In the family of God, we can experience real love. We can experience real support. You know, it was about 15 years ago when my dad passed away. He got a MRSA infection, and it killed him in about three months. And when you lose someone that's close to you, even though you know it's going to happen, it's painful. And I can remember the day he passed away. I mean, I was right there at his bedside. And when he passed, there was just this grief that came over my whole body. Man, I just felt this emptiness and aloneness. But I can remember on that snowy day in January, only a couple of hours after my dad passed away, John and Weston Jones from our church family, they came over and they shoveled the snow off my mom's driveway. I can remember Larry Wren and Todd Hutchison gathering around me and, and praying for me that night as I had to preach on the same day that my dad passed away. And I can remember the countless people from the Pathway family who showed up at my dad's funeral to be able to honor his life. You see, the truth is God never intended for us to be able to have to make it through this life alone. He never intended us for you to stand at the grave alone. He never intended for us to be able to sit in a hospital alone. He never intended for us to be able to have to face a crisis alone. We were created to live in God's family so that we can experience his care, experience his love, and experience his support through one another. But it's not just about, though, all this care and all this love that we receive. It's also about the support we give. You know, so many times we have a tendency in our lives just to kind of get in our own world, think about our own problems and our own stuff, just to focus on our own lives, and, and to think about, in many ways, how the church family should be meeting our needs. But part of the purpose of being in God's family isn't receiving, it's giving. It's about giving care and support to other people. So I want to challenge you this week to think about who you need to do, what, what you need to do, rather, to be a better member of God's family. I mean, what steps do you need to take to be able to get to know some other people in the family of God better? Who could you maybe invite over for dinner or take out for coffee? Who is it that you could care for or support in the family of God? Who is that maybe 
sick or that hurting or that, that person in the family of God who needs some spiritual encouragement. You see, it's not just about receiving. It's about giving. But I promise you, as you give, not only will that person be blessed, but you'll be blessed. And you'll be drawn into a closer relationship with the whole rest of the family of God. In God's family, connected to one another, we experience indeed that connection and we experience the real support of God. Well, the second benefit we get from being a part of God's family, we actually see in the book of Ecclesiastes. Look with me at what it says there. It says, two are better than one because they have good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And so the second benefit from being in God's family is when we are connected in God's family, we are cared for and protected. The reality is spiritually, all the time we're going to face all kinds of attacks. And we also need all kinds of help to enable us to be able to stay healthy spiritually. I mean, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had in the last year with close friends and brothers and sisters who've had moral failures, who have messed up their marriages because they got isolated. They didn't have the intentional support of the family of God. They had friends, but they didn't have anybody in their life walking with them, telling them the truth, and encouraging them in their relationship with Christ. And in the end, because they didn't, have that care and protection of others, they made tragic mistakes. You know, First Peter, it says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So who's Satan looking for? He is looking for someone to attack. He's looking for someone who's alone. He's looking for the one who's kind of a little bit out on the edge of the herd that's a little bit separated. He's looking for the people that are disconnected from the family. The other day I I saw a video that I think really illustrates how how the family of God is to function in terms of caring and protecting for one another. And and it's a video of some water buffalo and some lions. So check this out. So we've got some water buffalo and some lions. We see these lions here crouching because that's what lions do just before they attack. And then... The lions, they are going to take off. They're going to take off and they're going to attack these water buffaloes. And so they first they go after kind of this big one, you know, and they say, well, no, that big one's a little too big. Let's go after this little baby water buffalo. And they pick off this little baby water buffalo. Now watch all the rest of the lions. They kind of pile on and they attack that little baby water buffalo. That's what Satan does with us. That's what he wants to do with us and our families. He wants to attack us. But don't worry. This little baby water buffalo has got something that lions didn't expect. He's got the herd. That's the family of God coming right there. Look at them. Woo! So they come back and, and they say, man, don't you mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. And they fight the lions. I mean, they begin to take on these lions and they begin to run those guys out of there. And one by one, they run off the lions and that little baby water buffalo there lives another day. And friends, if the water buffalo can stick together like that, don't you think the church, the family of God can do that together? Don't you think? 
We can. Don't you think we can stick together? We can fight the evil one by the power of Jesus Christ. And whatever comes against us, the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. We can overcome whatever comes our way. So today we know that we are created to be loved by God and to be able to be a part of his family. And as a part of God's family, we have a place where we can be supported, we can be cared for, and we can be protected. And so this week, to keep us embracing God's purpose in our lives, I want us to give us another I will statement, all right? Here's the I will statement I want to give you this week. Because, you know, like we talked about, living out God's purpose in our lives, it's what? It's cemented in obedience and it's cemented in action, all right? It's cemented in obedience and it's cemented in action. So this week, the I will statement I want to give you is this. I will text three people and ask them how I can pray for them. All right? I will text three people this week and ask them how I can pray for them. You see, we live out God's purpose for our lives as we care and support and protect each other in God's family. So this week, text three people, all right? We're not just kind of going to think about the, the message this week. We're going to apply the message this week. So I want you to text three people and see how that you can pray for them. And when you do that, what you're doing is you're walking alongside them. Everyone walks with someone, remember? And that's what we're doing as we reach out, encourage, and pray for another person. And I promise you, as we do that, tremendous care is going to be demonstrated and tremendous power is going to be released as we take those steps. You know, it reminds me of a young lady here in our Pathway family named Taylor Schwartz. And two years ago, Taylor found herself really just far away from the family of God in a very dark place emotionally. She was desperately struggling with depression. But Taylor remembered overhearing a teacher at her school one time talking about Pathway and how being there and being a part of that family had really helped her. And so Taylor started watching Pathway Online the week before Easter of 2021. And after watching for one week, she knew that she needed to go to an in-person service. So the very next week, she came to Easter services. And she cried through the entire thing. But she particularly connected with Brenna Vogel's story in the service of how that she had struggled with depression. And Taylor, at the end of the service, heard about Starting Point, our, our class to help you discover and take next steps in your relationship with Jesus. And she got connected with Brenna through that class, that young lady who had also struggled with depression. And Brenna began to walk with Taylor and, and help her grow in her new relationship with Jesus. And Brenna helped Taylor uh, get connected as well uh, to a home team. That home team of ladies, they came alongside Taylor uh, as well, helped support her, helped care for her, helped protect her so she could thrive in her new relationship with Jesus. They were her spiritual family. And it was there that Taylor decided to take the step of Christian baptism. And now Taylor is doing the same for others. Taylor has a job uh, coaching a group of cheerleaders and Taylor does everything she can to be able to come alongside those young ladies encourage them and she now prays with them before each game but you see that's what happens 
as we begin to be more and more the family of God. You see, lives get changed. People get saved. And more and more, the rippling of power of God, it moves out and it begins to change the world around us. And that's what God wants us to do as his family. So let's do that, Pathway family. Let's more and more be the family of God that he has wired us and created us to be. And as we do that, like I said, not only is there a powerful impact on us, but there's a powerful impact as we begin to live that out and walk that out with other people. The world gets changed. That's how he intended the family of God to be able to function. So as we begin to close today, I just want us to pray about that. So I just want to ask everyone at all of our locations, those of you who are watching online, just to bow your head, close your eyes with me just for a few moments. And I just want to spend some time talking to God in prayer right now. And as we begin praying, I know there are many of you here today who've been followers of Jesus Christ for a long time. But the reality is, in some degree, you've been disconnected. You've been disconnected in some degree from your spiritual family, and it's left you vulnerable. So today, if you know God wants you to take steps to be able to get better connected with your spiritual family, I want you to lift up your hands. Lift up your hands right now. If you know God wants you to get better connected with your spiritual family, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. If you watch online, you can put me in the chat, but lift up your hands right now. If you know God wants you to get better connected with your spiritual family, praise God. Praise God. It's, it's a thing that we all really need to get better at. We need to get better at. So let me pray for us. Oh, Father in heaven, I just thank you so much. I thank you so much that you love us and you have made us a part of your family. But God, we just confess that we haven't been connected like you called us to. We, we haven't we haven't gotten connected with our spiritual family so we could experience that love, care, support, and protection, and so that we could help give that to other people. They've missed out on the support, care, and protection that we could give. So we confess that today, God. And God, we commit to take steps. Take steps of action to get to know people better, to be able to sense people's needs better, to be able to care for other people better, that we might be the members of your family that you call us to be. And we know as we do that, God, people will be blessed, we'll be blessed. God, and we'll grow in a deeper relationship with others and a deeper relationship with you. And so we commit ourselves to that, God. We commit ourselves to that right now. Well, as we continue to pray, I know those others of you who have never taken that first step. You've never taken that first step to become part of God's family. And I want to let you know, you will always wrestle with those feelings of, of emptiness. You will always wrestle with those feelings of dissatisfaction until you get connected to the family. Until you get connected with the family you were created to be able to be connected with. You know, in John 1, 12, it says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become part of his family. And so today, if you want to become part of God's family, the scripture says here that you need to believe and you need to receive. You need to believe Jesus and who that he is and receive him as the leader and the savior of your life. And so I want to encourage you today, Take that step. Become part of God's family. 
so that you can embrace the purpose for which God has created you to be able to live, to be part of his family, and to be able to bless this world. So I want to invite you right now. Make Jesus Christ the leader, the savior of your life. I want to invite you right now. Pray this prayer with me. Oh, Lord Jesus, I know that I've made mistakes, that I'm a sinner. And it's left me feeling unfulfilled, and it's left me feeling dissatisfied. But today, Jesus, I choose you. I choose you to be the leader and the savior of my life. I want to be a part of your family. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross for my sins. And now use my life, Jesus, to be able to go and offer your love and your purpose to other people. Now, with everybody's head still bowed right now and eyes still closed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time and you made Jesus the leader and the savior of your life, man, I want you to raise your hand real high. I want you to raise your hand real high, just a sign to God that you are all in today, that you want to be a part of his family. Raise your hand real high. Praise God, I see that hand. Praise the Lord. Raise your hand real high. Say to God that you are all in, that you want to be a part of his family today. Raise your hand. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I just thank you so much today for my friends, my brothers and sisters who became a part of your family today who became a part of your family. God, I just pray that we just would rally around. We'd celebrate that. God, we'd welcome them into your family, God. Thank you that you are so good. Thank you so that you're so good. Lord, we love you and we bless you. We just thank you so much that you've been here today. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.